The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite esports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Retcher King Wassenaar. I am a free agent head coach and analyst, as well as a contributor at Slingshot Esports. And welcome to uh, the Week 7 North American LCS Rough Drafts Guess the Lines podcast presented by Slingshot Esports. We are two-thirds of the way through the North American season. We have two teams that have set themselves above the rest, two teams that have set themselves well below the rest, and a middle of the pack that just refuses to settle itself down. It is an interesting time to be a North American fan, and I cannot think of anyone I would rather break it all down with than my good friend and co-host, Walter Cietis Fedchuk. Walter, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. This is awesome. I'm, uh, I'm just praying. I am praying to all, all potential deities up there, to the Flying Spaghetti Monster, to just everyone, that Unicorn doesn't piss me off with this first line and that they actually wait until later on in the podcast because like I like I like it to be a simmer I like there to be some annoyances at the beginning and I like to just you know explode and be a volcano at the end I feel like on the European podcast it just happened too soon like all that pressure just immediately just boom I was just and then the rest of the podcast I was like I I've already seen the most egregious thing ever. I I don't care. I just I'm done. I don't care. Well, give me a nap and a cigarette. I. <laughs> In our defense on that, we did have a good 45 minutes of analyzing all of the different roster moves in Europe before that time. So I feel like it was granted for a final explosion uh, at that regard. But. The good news is here, there are no roster changes to talk about. North America said roster lock, schmoster lock. We don't care. We're sticking it together. We're the, we're the region that had three of our teams not make a single roster change this offseason. We're not going to start now. So on we go into week seven, and we're going to start off Immortals versus Counterlogic Gaming. Walter, I asked you this question last week. And we were not convinced yet, but I have to ask again, because they're now in fifth place. Do we take Counter Logic Gaming seriously moving forward? In terms of the middle of the pack, sure, we have to take them seriously when it comes to the apexes, when it comes to the energies, when it comes to those sort of third tier teams, the enviouses. I think we now have to like take CLG serious against. Um, I, I don't think that they are any type of serious threat to the top four teams in North America. They looked better. They looked more cohesive. Uh, Hui actually looked like a moderately decent mid laner. Like, he's elevating his play to now he might be 
the, the sixth best mid laner in North America, potentially. Um, but, but outside of that, like, I, I have to take them seriously like a lion has to take a mouse seriously. I'm TSM. I'm at the top of the table. And to be fair, I've kind of stomped CLG, you know, both times that I faced them. So I'll potentially see you in the playoffs, little mouse. Don't trip over that twig. <laughs> and I'm wow. actually doing a hand motion here, like shooing them away. No, I look, I understand where you're coming from. They're an interesting team to me because on the one hand, they too owed Envy, who, of course, as soon as I realized that I was a fan of Envious, everything went horribly wrong. I apologize to all Envious supporters. I should know better than to become a fan of any team. It is a death sentence for them. But that 2-0 was, was significant by CLG. I thought especially game two, Laud was putting out some really nice Caitlyn play, and CLG kept finding ways to get in there, to get the kills that they needed, to use their global pressure on the map well in order to secure the victory. You know, they deserve a lot of credit for that. On the other hand, they're still dropping maps to Phoenix 1. And that's a concern to me. I, it feels like they're not consistent yet. There isn't anyone on that team that I look at and say, that's the guy that I trust in a big moment and know is going to show up. Let's play a game, Walter. Which CLG player, without looking up, uh, has the highest player of the game standings? Has the most player of the game awards so far this split? I feel like this is a trick question and somehow it's Huey. It is Huey at five. Oh my god. Huey is, Huey is tied for sixth with Phoenix and Wild Turtle uh, with five uh... player of the games. That's where we are. And you know what? Honestly... I'm not sure consistent is the word I would use, but when he plays the five champions he knows how to play, he gives you exactly the performance that you're looking for. At, on the other hand, Darshan and Xsmithy haven't really been consistent on much of anything. And Aphromoo, I just, I feel like he's gotten cocky. I don't know. It, it's something, maybe I'm just reading into it too much from some of the quotes he had during the offseason and after MSI. But... The guy just seems to be playing more recklessly than he ever has in his career. This is the first time that I'm not seeing Aphromoo in the top five highest KDA amongst supports in as long as I can remember following him as a player. Oh, That's I, I, would com I completely agree. Aphromoo looks different. Mm. He looks a little swaggy P. He looks a little swagged out. He looks like, yeah, I won back-to-back -back North American championships. Yeah, I proved last split that I'm better than, uh, you know, oh, what's his name in Yellowstar? Like, come on, man. And then he's gotten his ass handed to him pretty harshly. I'm surprised that he still looks so kind of, like, swaggy cocky. Like, it actually surprises me that that is what it is because there have just been times where he's been, him and Stixay have just been absolutely demolished, particularly against Doublelift and Biofrost. So, I don't know, it seems like they are starting to figure it out, but at this point, it's it's a little too late to really contest for, you know, one of the top two spots, and as well as TSM and Immortals have been playing, I again, it's a mouse to a lion. I don't think they're a threat yet, and if they somehow do make it into the semifinals, you know, I don't think they're a good matchup for either of those teams. And that's really what it comes down to. And, and we're going to talk, you know, this is a matchup against Immortals. So this is a potential semifinals matchup right here if CLG were to make it out. And 
it's kind of hard to see where the advantage would be. It's certainly not in the top lane where Huni has been an absolute monster. It's not in the jungle where Rainover has been perfectly at home on champions like Olaf and things like Rek'Sai where he's had tons of success. Poe Belter's really had a very solid split. He's somehow managed to get seven player of the game awards himself. That's tied for second uh, with Huni and Doublelift, funnily enough. Uh, and of course, Wild Turtle and Adrian are always a strong bot lane. There's just so much versatility in the comps that they provide. And honestly, it, it feels like Immortals, with the exception of when they play TSM, their biggest opponent is going to be themselves, which is what we said last split, and I think is still the case. Is there any way you see CLG pulling off the upset here, Walter? And where do you put the line? Nope. And instead of wasting my time talking about that, I'm instead going to sidebar Riot Production Team. Why the hell are you giving me a split stream of Rainover versus, versus Xmithy? I don't <laughs> care about that matchup. This isn't Bjergsen versus Jensen. It's frickin' Xsmithy. I get it. He played better than I have ever expected to. He's become a decent, a solid role player on this roster. But dude, it's Rainover. Like, give me Dardock versus Rainover. Give me Santorin versus Rainover. Give me actually like an upper echelon matchup and not just try to cram something down my throat that, to be quite frank, the Bjergsen versus Jensen side stream was not very good. It wasn't like, it was a cool idea. It was not executed very well. So I'm just, and it's jungle. Like, when are they ever going to match up? When is like Smithy and Rainover really going to fight each other? It's very rarely going to happen. And instead, we're going to be following, like, their jungle pathing and their, their gank pathing. And I'm sure Emily Rand is going to love that for her spreadsheets. <laughs> but, dude, that's just a waste of time. And it's a waste of a matchup. Like, I'm very disappointed in you. Uh, that being said, CLG fans, continue to be disappointed in me because you are not the favorites. You are heavy underdogs. I have Immortals at minus 450. Okay, I get this one. You went a little bit too far. I I agree with you. They are heavy underdogs. I said minus 400. It is minus 417. Put CLG at plus 290. And I think is entirely reasonable because Immortals is so far ahead of everyone not named TSM that it's kind of hard to have much of a conversation about it. Also, for the record, for those of you who are keeping track at home, CLG's best quality win comes against Team Liquid before Team Liquid was figuring things out. It was the second week when they had just finished adding Dardock back to the roster and they were still rusty. That is the best win that they have right now. So if you're thinking they're going to come on strong against Immortals, there is not a lot of evidence that would point to that. So let's just move on. Phoenix 1 versus NRG. Clearly a game of the week right here. Walter, if for whatever reason someone decided that they wanted to stay up until 2 a.m. Eastern time or whatever hour in the morning in the European zone, what could people be looking forward to about this matchup? It ending? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be some kind of masochist to want to stay up this late and watch this series. This is an awful series. This, this is a reason that some of the Friday night super late games have had really middling kind of viewer numbers. Um, this, is an awful, this is an awful game. This isn't a game that I'm necessarily going to want to watch. I think it's interesting 
from a, like, Phoenix One has looked kind of plucky the last couple of weeks, winning two series against Apex and against uh, Echo Fox. Energy? They've looked okay the last couple of weeks. I, so this is a battle of, meh, do either of these teams stand a chance at the eight, at the seven seed? Probably not. Probably not, because despite the fact that Phoenix One did beat Apex, I think Apex is just a slightly more talented team, and they're still behind three series. So uh, this 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 matchup is not going to be very entertaining. If anything is going to be entertaining about it, uh, it's probably Santorin. It's Santorin continuing to, uh, I guess, try out for every other team in the LCS and go, hey, guys, look at me. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good on a bad team, aren't I? Um, but outside of that, I don't think there's really any any like shock value, anything that's like, I definitely want to watch this. OQ and GBM, I, I, they've lost me. I'm done. Yeah. I'm off the train. It's not fun to watch them anymore. They're just not very good. And that's really the, the shame of all this. First of all, to your point on Phoenix 1, not really having a chance to get to the 7 seed, I should point out they still have to play Immortals and TSM over the next three weeks. There is no way they're making up that gap. You can go ahead and, and write that off. But I do think this series is relevant because the difference between the 8 and the 9 seed can just make your life a lot easier in terms of who you were seeded against when the, the relegation tournament comes around. It, it likely won't make too much of a difference, but it's certainly, if you're you know Phoenix 1, it's a matter of pride as you know, establishing yourself as a member of this league that isn't a laughingstock regardless of what your own coach might say. And if you're NRG, after investing so much money into this huge staff of analysts and so much time getting these big-name players in GBM and OQ, they need a win here. If NRG loses this series, I, I don't know what happens to their league division. This is such a rough state of affairs, and it's just been underperforming after underperforming as long as they've been in the league. And given the number of people that they have there and the amount of money they've invested, uh, I can't imagine that Shaq and company are happy with how this is broken down. So I agree. Santorin's the only thing I'm really excited about. Maybe Inori. I- I'm still waiting to see if, if he's a thing. I don't think he's nah. a thing, but he might be a thing. But I, to, to be fair, this is the guy that Dade like, praised and loved playing with when, he was, when they were over in China or Korea, wherever. I I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything from him. Maybe it's just a Rengar. Maybe he needs to just pull out the Rengar and try and silent kids. I don't know, but I haven't seen anything that's like, yeah, this kid's better than Zentinel. I mean, I, the, the biggest it's difference... It's a toss-up to me. He's got a 71% kill participation. He's got a 3.3 KDA, which is above average in the league. He, uh, he does a pretty good job as far as uh, ward placement goes. The problem is he's not playing anything with damage. That's his biggest problem right now. He's above average in a couple categories, but uh, damage is just not there. And that's one of those things where if you're on a team like Phoenix One, you know, not being able to carry at all is kind of a concern because Zig's not going to be the guy and you really don't want Peary and Mash to be the guy. So you'd maybe expect a little bit more in that way. But he could be a role player. I could see both he and Santorin being role players on much better teams, depending on how things shake up. But how do you think this game shakes up, Walter? Where do you put the line? Uh, it, I'm not going to watch this game. I'll watch the highlights later on. Energy minus 160. 
Okay, you get this one. Hey, I, there you go. I, I went too high. I said NRG minus 180 because I figured that the you know Phoenix one is always treated as terrible. NRG minus 139, which is really just a shame because I'm not taking Phoenix one at plus 105, but I totally think Phoenix one could win the series because I think NRG is terrible and GBM and OQ are so far in their own heads that it's just over for them. It's it's a toss up series. It's honestly it's just a toss up series. So guess what? Flip a coin. Stay away. Stay away. There's no value and there's nothing to watch other than Santorin. And I'm sure someone can make a highlight montage for you the next day. Let you know when when we finally make it big. I'm gonna have a soundboard and I'm gonna record that. And just every time (laughs) it's just gonna be click the button, click the button, click. I'm gonna annoy people with how often I hit that button. It'll be one of those like stay away like just five times in a row. I like it. I can dig it. We're gonna just become we're gonna become the bad radio DJs of League of Legends podcasts. I like it. I like I'm it. I'm so in. I'm so hyped. But we got to move on. Uh, this is something that is probably exciting to you and nobody else. Echo Fox versus TSM. I don't think we need to break down an intricate analysis of why we think TSM is going to beat Echo Fox. One of these teams is 12 and 0. The other team lost to Phoenix one last week. Um, I guess at the end of the day, Walter, how high should this line be? Where do you place it? As Dunkmaster Darius says, get fouled. TSM minus 750. Okay, I get this one. You went too low. I said TSM minus 1,000. I went too low. TSM minus 2,500. There you go. Come on. I mean, it's no SKT Bangkok Titans. Isn't it? No, Bangkok Titans were minus, it was minus 10,000 for SKT. That's fair. I got to be honest. I'm not, and that was with a best of one. So that really tells you everything you need to know about the Bangkok Titans. But yeah, uh, Echo Fox isn't good. Uh, Echo Fox had a chance to prove last week that they weren't terrible, and they swiftly decided, no, 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 we totally are. Don't you dare put any faith in us. But And, and then somehow grabbed a map against Team Liquid, which I just want to point out is just one of the weirdest aberrations is just... You know what I want? What do you- I want Diamond and Soaz and Froggen to all go back to Europe and just make a team. Just make a team. Just call it the retiree team and just find like a washed up support and a washed up AD carry and just, just have an old timers team. Just, just for the hell of it. Just stream, just put them in a house. It'll be like WWE Network had this show where they just put a bunch of old wrestlers into a house in like a, a Big Brother reality TV show type thing. And it was the funniest thing I've watched because it's just like, you know, a bunch of old retired 70, 60 year old wrestlers being like, why are we living together? <laughs> Did you take my steak? I think I think that's what Froggen says to himself every day he wakes up in the Echo Fox house anyway. <laughs> Why are we living together? What is the point of this? You know, Froggen, if you wake up like that, I'm just going to tell you something. At least you aren't sleeping in a converted mudroom. <laughs> oh, man. This is... Uh, yeah, let's let's move on. The roast of uh, Echo Fox, we can say for later. NRG versus Envious. Man, Envious fell so hard. 
And I know I joked earlier on this podcast that I feel like it's my fault. But if you take away the fact that I cursed them, Walter, what's gone wrong for this team? How did they get this bad this quickly? So remember what I said last week about a certain player falling off a cliff? Yeah. Hi, Proxen. <laughs> you, you didn't climb up, buddy. You're still down there. No, no, the rope is right there. You just have to grab it and climb out. No? No. no? I mean, I get it. I get it's Rainover and, and, and X Smithy. I get Seal Team Immortals, I guess. But, like, dude, there's a rope right there. All you got to do is, like, you know, climb up. Um, that, that's just what it comes down to. They lost all the pressure. They lost all the team cohesion they had on early in the split. And it really revolves around the, the jungler kind of falling to pieces. And because of that, Ninja hasn't played particularly well. Seraph hasn't played particularly well. Hakuo is getting caught out a bit more. Lod is is playing admirably, I think. I think he's still uh, continuing to kind of shut some of us haters, you know, myself especially, continuing to kind of shut us up and be like, nah, nah, I'm actually an LCS level uh, AD carry, which is really cool. I really like seeing that. Um, but yeah, just at the end of the day, it's it's Proxit and the, the two solo laners really aren't, you know, holding up their end of the bargain. And that was the core. That was what we expected to be the strong point of this team and what this team needed to do to succeed uh, back in the offseason previews. And it's just not happening. It's finally falling apart. And I don't think I don't think they're gonna fall out of the playoff spot, but there's only one game difference between them and Apex. And they Apex has shown they can be very explosive and they can have some moments where they just steamroll over a team when they get out very fast paced, a lot of aggression early on. Um, so Envious really needs to start picking up some games. They really need to start getting some of these wins, uh, especially against weaker teams, to build up that buffer between them and Apex. Because they play against each other that this week. So that's going to be, I think, a very key game for when we're looking at, you know, two or three weeks down the line when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah. If you look at Envious's schedule coming up, they get to play Apex. They get to play Echo Fox. They get to play NRG. They get to play Phoenix One. Every single one of those series matters. They're playing everyone below them. The, it is in their control where they end up. And a series like this is the first step they need to take to remind everybody we are the good bad team. Because you know what? This team started 4-0 by playing those kinds of teams. They took advantage of weaker teams and, and got off to that early lead. And then they started playing better, higher quality opponents. And those are the ones where they're getting crushed. It was the, you know, the loss of CLG excluded. Their losses have been to Immortals, to TSM, and to Liquid. They haven't dropped any series to bottom of the barrel teams. They are 4-0 against teams below them in the standings right now. But they have to keep it up. And, and here's where I'm going to differ with you a little bit. I don't think Proxen is a problem. I think he was playing out of his mind earlier, and he's returned kind of to normal. But this is a guy with the second highest kill participation amongst junglers in North America right now. He's still doing some things quite right. He has a 3.1 KDA. His, his earned gold per minute is above average for his position, as is his damage per minute. What's fallen off is Seraph. Seraph's died 85 times so far this split. That puts him towards the top of the standings. Uh, of course, Gate, Ray, 
Cooney, funnily enough, and Quas kind of dominate that area. But Seraph has really, really struggled in recent weeks. And the problem is, as we pointed out when teams started attacking him in this way, he's the captain. He's the shot caller. When he's not comfortable, calls aren't being made, and the whole team falls apart. And when I look at it, I just can't help but think, if they can't find a way to restore the shot calling, then the objective control that used to you know, really define this team is going to keep falling and falling and falling. You know, I pointed out last week that they'd kind of fallen off in, in jungle control. They'd fallen all the way to 51%. They're down to 49% right now. They are below average in a stat they used to lead. They've got to figure this out. They have got to find a way to get back on track and to return to the play style that they like. And maybe that should means beating up on bad teams. Like I said, they still have games against everyone below them in the standings moving forward. They might look a lot better coming up than they have recently, but they've got to bounce back and they've got to prove they could do it mentally. And I'm not convinced anymore. They have to, they have to win me back at this point. Walter, all of that said, where do you think the line is on this series? At the end of the day, uh, despite their kind of issues, I think NV is a stronger team. I have them at Envy minus 333. Whoa. Whoa, buddy. Whoa. Too much. Envious is two and six in their last eight games. I don't think energy's any good. I don't think energy's any good either, but apparently Unicorn thinks they're closer than, than you do. I said minus 150 because I thought that they were going to penalize Envy super hard given recent trends. It's Envious minus 192. See, I, I think that's still, I think that's slightly disrespectful. I don't think any, I don't think energy has really done much of anything. And, and yeah, I'm, I am most likely fairly too, too high. 333, I guess, was way too high. But for it not to be even in the 200s, I think it's, it's pretty ridiculous in my, my mind. I don't think Energy's done anything the last couple of weeks that would say that they're better than Envious. And while Envious has not been performing that well, we do have to remember the beginning of the season they were playing very well. And I'm just not sure that Energy is the type of team that really can attack Seraph that well. I think that there, there's been some games where Quas has played very, very well. But I still feel like sometimes his synergy with Santorin is just not... It's not quite there. And the rest of the team has not been playing very well. OQ and Kiwi Kid has not turned out to be the sort of bot lane I envisioned. And like I've said before, Kiwi Kid, I don't even know where the dude is. Yeah. This isn't Kiwi Kid. This is I'm here to collect a paycheck and move on with my life, kid. This is not the Kiwi Kid. And, and, and it is very sad to me that this isn't – I'm not getting what I expected from him this split. I'm not yeah. at all. No. It's always it's always like Santorin is the one making the play. I need to see a good old-fashioned Kiwi Kid Annie alt where he just hits four people because he, like, flash proto-belted two screens away. Like, that's the kind of Kiwi Kid I want. Not this, like, passive. Like, I don't remember he's playing the game. Yeah, I don't know how much of that's playing with OQ and how much of that is just where he is in his career right now. But I'm going to put it this way. NRG has only beaten teams below them. They have beaten Echo Fox twice and Phoenix won once. Envious has beaten every team below them while being higher in the standings and have taken victories over CLG and Liquid. I know which of those teams I trust going forward. And I have a feeling when we're doing our smart money bets, 
I think putting Envious in a teaser in this situation would be a very smart move. I think that could be a play. We're going to move on. Cloud9 versus Apex. Walter, I've been out on Apex for a while. You just talked about how you believe that they've still got something in the tank when they get to this explosive start. How do they get that start against a team as solid as Cloud9 has been recently? Oh, yeah, that's not happening against Cloud9. This is not happening. This is not happening. Sorry. It, the problem is Impact is too safe, mm. and Ray cannot take advantage of him. And across the rest of the board, Apex is very sort of passive in their solo, in their mid lane and in their bot lane. Uh, and they play to really take pressure off the jungler having to gank for them and allow him to just constantly pressure top. But Impact is a wily veteran. He's not going to get caught out on some of this stuff. He's not going to get taken off guard by a Jarvan pick or anything silly like that. He's, he's an old school veteran, which when I think about old school veterans to me is slightly weird to say because he only really came onto the scene in season three. And to me, I'm talking about Froggen being an old school veteran. And I'm, I'm not quite sure that experience wise impact is anywhere close to what Froggen is. Um, but at the same time, that experience is just going to help carry them. And across the board, Cloud9 is a very experienced team outside of maybe the support position. And even that, eh, Bunny and Smoothie have been around for a little while. Bunny in particular has been around for a while. So I just think that they're, they're, they're wise enough. They're cagey veterans. They're going to take the punches that Apex throw early on, and they're just going to let Apex throw themselves to death. They're just going to let Apex throw themselves, and by the time you hit, like, the 10th round, Apex is going to be gasping for air. And I don't think St. Vicious can prepare them in the correct way. I don't think bringing in trial coach Cop can prepare them in the way that is going to allow them to go 15 rounds with Cloud9. Uh, So I, I just don't see it happening. I have a feeling Medios is just going to camp that top lane all day long. I mean, I'm, I'm going to put it this way. Ray has died 99 times this split in 29 games. That's not great. On the other hand, in one more game, Impact has only died 68 times and has 60 more assists. I, I mean, I, I don't know how else to put it than that. Ray just makes mistakes. He gets caught out because he feels he needs to make the aggressive play because he's responsible for 71.5% of uh, his team's kill participation because every play goes through him. He is the one who's constantly having to grab the kills and get the big marks. And when he doesn't, the rest of the team falls off in a big way. And unfortunately, I don't think you catch impact out in that same way, especially not when you make it a 2v2 where Medios can come in and make as much of an impact as he can. Meanwhile, with Apex, I'm on record as saying I think Shrimp is one of the three worst junglers in North America. So when I look at that 2v2, I do not have high hopes for Apex. Walter, all of this into account, where do you put the line for this series? That being said, Cloud9, to me, are overwhelming favorites. I have Cloud9 at minus 333. Okay, I get this one. You went too low, my friend. I said minus 400, it is minus 417, which I think is fair. I think Cloud9 is a good team, and I think Apex is a bad one. Yeah, okay, it's fair. <laughs> that, that pause there was just, it was one of the, uh, you know, I, I want Apex to be good. I understand why you might pause, because, you know, when Keen, Keen's put up some amazing numbers. Right now he has the second highest KDA amongst all mid laners. 
he's actually done some pretty solid stuff and he's not doing it just by avoiding dying anymore. He's been a big part of why that team wins team fights when they do. There's just not enough carry potential unless Ray's that guy. And Ray's not going to be that guy against Cloud9 is what it really comes down to. And I I do not trust Keen over Jensen. I just that's not a matchup that I'm looking forward to if I'm an Apex fan. We're gonna move forward. Phoenix One versus Liquid. We we talked earlier about how Phoenix One has gotten better. Liquid last week, you had hopes. You had strong hopes for this team that they could even topple the likes of Immortals. They grab a map there and then drop a map to Echo Fox. What do you think of Liquid now, Walter? Where are you on this team, uh, having seen how they played last week? I'm I'm still I'm still fairly high on them. I guess them beating Immortals was just a pipe dream. Um, that being said, I do have worries thinking about them going into the playoffs um, without Piglet. I think that might actually now start to crop up as an issue because they have lost that third carry threat. That was really what Piglet brought, was a third carry threat. And Fabi is showing he's a very good utility-style carry, but he is not a threat to carry games. He is not going to single-handedly carry a game in a way that Piglet possibly could, in a way that Phoenix or Dardoch could. Lorlo is just too inconsistent in the top lane, and he can be exploited if Dardoch doesn't back him up, or if a couple early ganks don't go their way. And particularly in the game against Echo Fox... They need to stop being, like, greedy. They need to stop having this ego. I constantly go back to this. There is no reason to give up a Nivea to Frog. None. There's, mm. there's no reason to do it, and there's no reason to, to toy with your food in the way Liquid did. Echo Fox came in, and they were very aggressive. They were very, we're going to do this, this, and this. KFO had a really good game. They really set him up to succeed, and he was able to just split push his way and really pressure the map that way. And then there were moments where, you know, Froggen on Anivia is two-shotting people just with a well-timed all and E. Just very well played by him. Um, mm-hmm. So they really need to throw away this kind of like, eh, we got an extra game type mindset. You guys have to go in for the kill against weaker teams. And Echo Fox, by, by all metrics, by every sense of the word, is a weaker team. You need to go after them. You need to take them down. You need to make it a quick 2-0 and move on because every additional game you play, you're now giving every other team one extra game where they can go, okay, this is Dardox route. Oh, okay, this is what Phoenix likes to do in this matchup. Stop handicapping yourself for the future. Just get it over and done with, move on. TSM doesn't mess around with the lesser teams. They don't. Mm-hmm. Granted, they lost one game to Echo Fox a few weeks ago. Absolutely, completely understand. But for the most part, if they beat you in game one, they're going to beat you in game two unless you're one of the best teams in the league. And Team Liquid, if they want to be up in that top three, if they want to eclipse Cloud9 and then contest with Immortals and TSM, they need to have that mentality, and I don't think they do yet. Well, here was the thing that worried me. I I understand maybe not taking them seriously is one way of putting it, but honestly, when I just look at the stats... I just think they completely misjudged certain potential options for this team. I mean, they banned Jax in all three games against KFO. You know what KFO's record on Jax is a split? Two and five. He's got a 1.41 KDA on the champion. Why is that must-ban worthy compared to Anivia? You know who else was banned in every game? 
Soraka. You know what big stats on Soraka were so far this season? One and two, a .56 KDA. It is his worst champion that has played three or more games if you break down the stats. I don't know what they saw in scrims. I don't know what Liquid Scouting Report said, but this isn't the first time that we've had to sit down and ask, what is Liquid doing in pick and ban? Why are they making these choices? Why are, why are they making these sacrifices? And honestly, this is something that we used to criticize Lokodoko about back when he was on TSM. This is not a new criticism of him as a coach. It, it really does feel like a, a pattern that they need to recognize as a team and start making active changes to stop, or they could potentially find themselves in a lot of trouble when they play series that do matter. They, that, that just, they need to be sharper than this. They need to put in the time and the effort to actually understand where the meta is and where their opponent's actually going to go versus whatever perceived threat they saw with those two bands. Walter, where do you think the line is on this, though? Because this is Phoenix 1, after all. <laughs> I, I have Team Liquid at minus 400. Okay, you get this one. I went too low. I said minus 350. I thought Phoenix 1 won a series last week. Liquid, you know, didn't look as great. Uh, I, I needn't have worried. Minus 526 for Team Liquid here. That gives Phoenix 1 at plus 350. That's That's fair. That's yeah, fair. I'm not taking Phoenix one a plus 350. That's absolutely fine. No, not a chance. Let's move on. Cloud9 versus CLG. Walter, we've talked about both of these teams already, so I'll just ask it this way. What is the most important matchup when you look at how CLG is going to have to play if they're going to take the upset against Cloud9? They're living and dying by Huey right now. If Hui is playing poorly, they lose games. If Hui is playing well and if he's on his champions, they're going to win games. That is why the most important matchup is Zix versus Reaper mm. in pick and ban phase. The preparation is going to be key here to make sure that Hui can get onto a champion that he wants or that he's not very good at. So it's going to come down to the mind games and pick and ban to determine who wins this game. I do see a world where CLG wins it, but it does not happen unless Hui is comfortable on his champions. Meteos is not really a camper for mid. He's not a camping style jungler. He's very even with his ganks. He's very even with his invades. He doesn't really tend to focus on one area. And when he does, it's the top lane. It's getting impact ahead or in his past getting balls ahead. So I don't think you really need to be worried about that. What you need to be worried about is making sure who he is on a comfortable champion. Zix versus Reaper, that's the important one. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. Certainly, you know, who he has a shallow pool when you look at how many champions he can play really well. If you get him on one of those, you give yourself a shot. Otherwise, Jensen is just such a mechanically good mid laner. There are so many ways that he could potentially snowball this lane, even without Meteos necessarily there camping it. And you already know, whether it's Bunny Foo Foo or Smoothie, they're going to try to punish some of the positioning mistakes that Aphromoo seems to be making nowadays. I, to me, it really comes down to, you know, what trick does CLG have on, up their sleeve? Is this an Aurelian soul game for them? Are they going to go back to that kind of pocket pick? The last time they played, 
Cloud9 got the 2-0 over CLG. It was not a particularly close series. And to be honest, I'm not sure that enough has changed since that series that I'm now suddenly going to feel like CLG is, is a team that I'm necessarily worried about taking it. Because the one thing that I used to count on in this series was Darshan being able to bully the passive impact. And Darshan doesn't do that anymore. Like I pointed out last week, he has some of the worst stats amongst top laners, and he isn't passing the eye test anymore. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's changed. But unless he figures it out and Zix is able to make he and who he comfortable, they're going to have a problem. Walter, where do you think the line is on this series? I have Cloud9 at minus 200. Okay, you get this one. I said Cloud9 minus 250 because I think that they are a tier above CLG. It is Cloud9 minus 125. What? CLG is underdogs at minus 105. What? I, yeah. What? I have Cloud several questions. Like, swept by Phoenix One last week or something? Uh, no, they lost to TSM and then 2-0'd NRG. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. I, I guess because CLG 2-0'd Envy, but then they lost the game to Phoenix. That's, that's extremely disrespectful to Cloud9, I think. Oh, yeah. That's like I mean, extremely disrespectful to Cloud9. I guess you're punishing them for week five where they lost to both Liquid and Immortals, but those are all really good losses. Cloud9's losses have all been against top-tier teams. Outside of Liquid, they have not dropped a game to anyone below them in the standings. And Liquid is really like half a game back. It's just 17-3 and three versus 16-3 and three that's making the difference here. It's pretty much negligible uh, between those two. It's just that they've played Immortals and TSM twice already. So that gives them five losses. The rest of their slate is only teams below them. I don't understand why just because CLG's gotten some wins over some bottom feeders, we're now supposed to believe that they're the the second coming and they're just going to rise up and, and, and take this. I again, this is what I want to come back to as a teaser for a smart money bet because minus one twenty five is nothing. I I don't understand how we got there, but there we are. Yeah, that's 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 funky. That's some funky tuna. Yeah. Let's uh let's get a quick one out of the way. Immortals versus Echo Fox. Poor Echo Fox, by the way. We're like, hey, you're the Poor last me. place team. Poor me, because I already know I lost this one. I mean, probably. Where do you think the light is? I have Immortals minus 750. I did the same odds for TSM. Yeah, I did the same odds for TSM as well. And I went minus 1,000. And it is the same odds for TSM. It's minus 2,500. Yeah. I mean, that's completely fair. I just didn't go high enough. Yeah, no. Again... Echo Fox has to play TSM and Immortals in the same week while they're currently nestled at 1-11 and 11 at the bottom of the standings. Good luck. At least they get them out of the way. It's is, it, is it really out of the way? Is, is that... Take, take, take the 0-4 this week. Just take the 0-4 this week, and then you don't have to deal with them again. Like, that's well, what so I they've taken 0-4 a lot of weeks. <laughs> like, that's hey. not... Hey, they took a game off of TSM last time. That is true. We, uh, I didn't realize you wanted to happened. relive that memory. No, I didn't weirder realize things have happened. I mean, TSM have given up ten thousand k, you know, gold leads before. It's I, weird things happen in League of Legends once you get onto the rift. But for them to happen twice in a best of three series are very, very, very unlikely. Hence, the incredible odds. 
Yeah. I, uh, I, I think Immortals has, uh, is going to be feeling just fine after this week as our TSM. Uh, but we're going to get to, actually, we're going to get to TSM's last match in a bit. Uh, but first, Envious versus Apex. This is a weird one. The, these teams are within a game of each other in the standings. Envious obviously got the win the last time they played. Uh, it was a 2-1, though. It was a relatively close series. Both of these teams are on downward trends. What do both of these teams need to do if they're going to turn this around and secure what could be a very crucial victory with playoff implications? See, this is going to come down to which top laner is able to exert their influence more, uh, which top laner is going to get ahead of the other, if somehow Proxen and Seraph can stave off Ray and Shrimp. Uh, and this 2v2 is going to be extremely, extremely important because across the rest of the of the board, these teams are pretty evenly matched. I think the bot lane is pretty even, even though Lod is probably more aggressive than Apollo. I still think it's a pretty even matchup. And the mid laners tend to try and play a similar style. It's been mainly utility focused. Not a lot of like assassins or bur like a ton of burst damage from Ninja or from Keen. So it's really gonna come down to that 2v2 in the top lane. It's gonna come down to, can Ray get far enough ahead that Seraph can't do anything? And Seraph is now tilted out of his lane and that's gonna influence his comms. Or is Seraph just going to be able to stave off the early aggression farm like we know he can do and just get to a point where, you know, the Ray split push, the Ray damage, whatever Ray is going to do doesn't matter because mm. Seraph is not only negating it by being, you know, a, a more outfitted, a better outfitted top laner in terms of golden experience and levels, and he adds that shot calling element that he is very good at when he can focus on it. Um, so it's really going to revolve around the top lanes and what they're able to accomplish with their junglers. I, I think if you were going to pick a match, Riot Games, to have a 1v1 type stream, I would actually suggest this game in terms of the top lane, because that's really going to heavily, heavily influence the outcome of this series in a way that I just don't think Smithy versus Rainover has. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. It's certainly is a 2v2 that's worth watching. I got to be honest, I want to see Ninja versus Keen because I think Ninja's taken a step back recently. And Keen is one of those guys who's been putting out good numbers and hasn't quite ever been able to take those numbers and use it to really shut down an opponent once the team fighting stage comes into effect. He is a good mid laner, but if he wants to be the threat that Apex needs him to be. And if Apex is going to be a playoff team, they need a second hard carry. And Apollo is never going to be that guy. So it has to be Keen. And if Keen's going to do it, he needs to be able to do it against a struggling ninja. And if Envious is going to be a playoff team we're all supposed to take seriously, then Ninja needs to be able to step up and say, not today. This is not the lane I lose. I am not going to be the one that costs us a victory here. I'm going to do enough to set up Lod and Hakuo to beat up that Apollo X special bot lane and, and trust that Seraph can hold his own against Ray and we can win the smite battles because I don't think Shrimp is very good. I think both Ninja and Keen have a lot on the line as far as what they can prove and what role they can play on their teams moving forward. And that's the one that I'm really looking forward to seeing. But Walter, given how close we think both of these matchups can be, where do you see the line for this series? Uh, I have Envious favorites, and maybe I'm I'm as crazy as I was, but I have Envy at minus 200. Wow, okay. 
You are a little bit crazy there. I see. I don't. That will win me the week. I don't. I get. I, I get these slow lines for envy. I I don't either, man. Well, here's the thing. We didn't agree earlier when I was going super high on envy. That was clearly the wrong way to go. Now everyone's overreacting because we forget that they haven't played any of the teams below them in a while. They still get to play Apex Energy. They play Apex and Energy this week. Phoenix One and Echo Fox over the next two weeks. They could be just fine. This could yeah. very easily be a ten and six uh, or a ten and six to ten and eight team by yeah. the end of the split. Um, and ten and eight is playoff bound. That they will be j- just fine with that record. But you know they haven't done it in a while. They're two and six in their last eight, and recency bias matters. I. I disagree with it, but I, I said uh, minus 130 for the record because I thought that they were going to punish Envious. The actual line is Envious minus 118. Oh, okay, I got I to gotta smart money that. And that's uh, Apex at minus 111 for the upset. Yeah. Which is really, that's not a lot of VIG, by the way. That's Usually, why you pair it up with something else. Oh, obviously. We're... I have a feeling we've got some two-team teasers coming in this week. I'm excited oh, about definitely. it. Definitely. But we've got one more line to look at. Liquid versus TSM. We already talked earlier about why Liquid didn't quite live up to your, your hype from last week. You know, obviously, you're going to be rooting for TSM in this series. But if you had to play devil's advocate and paint Liquid's path to victory here, what is it? Nope. Not doing it. Not, not doing it? I'm not doing it because TSM is the best team in North America and they are at the same exact level as Immortals, if not slightly better. And if Team Liquid couldn't get over Immortals, there is no reason for me to believe they can get over TSM. I don't think TSM has nearly the same weaknesses that Immortals have. I think they have fewer weaknesses. I think their champion pools are really strong. I think their team cohesion is really strong. I don't think they have the similar, the the same sort of, I don't think they have the same sort of ego that Cooney does, even though he was kind of humbled last split by TSM in the playoffs. I just don't see it. I do not see a way that Team Liquid can beat TSM because TSM knows what Team Liquid's strengths are, and they're going to just nullify them. They're not going to let Dardock get Lorlo ahead. They're not going to let Dardock just completely run rampant. They're not going to let Phoenix just you know, free farm and sit there. Sven Skarin likes to gank mid lane. He likes to gank top lane. And that's really where this series is going to be won, and, won or lost by either team. And I think the the 2v2, the potential 2v2 of Haunters and Sven Skarin versus Lorlo and Dardoch and Bjergsen and Sven Skarin versus Phoenix and Dardoch, TSM has the talent on their side and I think they have better communication on their side. So I do not see a path to victory for Team Liquid because... Then you also have Fabi and Matt up against BioLift. And this is the best I have ever seen Double Lift. And I don't care that he's playing the same champion. If teams are willing to let him play Lucian every game, so be it. Let him be a Lucian one trick. It's working. Let the Sivir work for him. It's working. He doesn't need to go off onto some crazy, you know, weird pick. If, you know, he's winning. He's crushing with these teams and teams don't want to pick them or ban them away from him. That's their problem. So I just say, go crush him, TSM. TSM minus 350. You know, you're going to get this one. I, I went too low. I said minus 320. The actual line is TSM minus 526. 
Okay. Which I think is fair. I, I've got to say this. I have a little bit more faith in Liquid, I think, than you do. Because I, I just think that Dardock is better than Sven Skarin. And while I think Haunter is amazing, I think Lorlo has proven himself to be a rather solid player. I think they could maybe pull it off once. I don't see them doing it twice in a three-game series. Yeah, absolutely it, not. Even at Liquid at plus 350, I don't think there's enough value there. So, Walter, let's find some value here. Where should we start on our hunt for some smart money for our well, fans? Because last week, we should mention, went, we went horribly, horribly wrong. We each talked ourselves out of decent ideas into worse ideas. We ended up with uh, Envious, even over CLG. Oops. Liquid plus 270 over Immortals. Uh-uh. NRG plus 115 over Apex. Not happening. That is a, a $300 loss. We still made you guys a profit if you stuck with us all split long. And the last time we lost that big, we made it up the next week in spades. So here's our bounce back week, guys. Where do we start, Walter? Uh, I'm saying two-team teaser. Envious goes 2-0 this week. I think they beat both Energy and Apex. I think you're 100% right. I think it's they just haven't played the bad teams recently, and it's recently bi- recency bias, and we got to take advantage of that. Yeah, I uh, I agree wholeheartedly. That is plus 181 odds for them to win both series there. Uh, it, and I think that's entirely reasonable. I, I think they've had a very tough slate. I think now the slate gets a lot easier, and I haven't seen anything from Apex or Envious that tells me that these are going to be overwhelmingly close series. Uh, can I interest you in another multi-bet, Walter? Well, absolutely. I want to take... Cloud9 minus 125 over CLG. Okay. I just need a bet to pair it with. And the only one that looks particularly amazing as far as value goes would be NRG minus 139 against Phoenix 1. The argument being that Phoenix 1 isn't actually all that good. The only problem is NRG isn't all that good. I mean, that's also true. I... We could throw it in with Phoenix 1 and get it some see, great value. See, I would I want to split those two games up and I want to pair okay. I want to pair like Cloud9. If you really want to take Cloud9 over CLG, I would just go the Cloud9 two team teaser. With Cloud9 at my, minus 417 with Apex. I don't know if it's necessarily enough to get you amazing odds, but I think it's enough that it tips it sort of away from yeah, take CLG as the underdogs. That also has the best odds out of the other remaining games if we're not going to pair Energy and Cloud9 together because, I don't know, I feel like one of these games is an upset. I feel like one of these is Phoenix 1 or CLG winning, and I'm not sure which. Yeah, that's, 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 that's fine. About it. Let's do the Cloud9 uh, to, to beat CLG and Apex then uh, at plus 123. Because I don't think Apex is good, and I think that those odds are too nice against CLG. I think it's a chance, but I think it's what I'm willing to take. And I think the beating Apex is pretty much a lock. So I'm happy with that. And then... We I need wanna, one more, a single bet. I, well, I, we only want to make it a single because I almost just want to double up whatever we think the winner of Phoenix versus Energy is with the Immortals game against CLG. And just do a Friday night bet. And that's why you watch on Friday night. Because you have a two-team teaser on Friday night. I mean... That would give the people a reason to tune in. If we were going to do that, the most value would be if we take Phoenix 1 in the upset, yep. throw in Immortals, that gets us plus 154. I like it. Let's do it. We're doing a Friday night 
two-team teaser that I know we're going to wake up on Saturday morning and go, God, go God, why did we do this? This was an awful idea. Well, the, the worst part about it, one, we already did the stay away for Phoenix 1 over uh, NRG earlier. So now we're contradicting ourselves, which yeah, always but, ends well. Every time we break our gambling rules, it always ends well. Well, um, well I, I guess the one thing is, are we just going to outright bet on CLG to beat Immortals? Probably not. No, we're look, not going to bet on either of the Echo Fox games. For the record, I think this is the right call. I'm okay. not arguing against it. Okay. But I'm going to tell you right now, when it is... You know, 2 a.m. in the morning, and we're watching Game 3 of NRG versus Phoenix 1 because we want to see if her teaser comes through. <laughs> I blame you. I'm just putting that on the record right now. I blame Fair you enough. entirely. Fair enough. Let's do it. We've got the Friday night teaser, plus 154, Immortals over CLG, Phoenix 1 over NRG. We've got Cloud9, plus 123 to beat CLG and Apex. And we've got Envious, plus 181 to beat NRG and Apex. And that's a podcast. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, you should subscribe on soundcloud.com slash esportsroughdrafts or on iTunes. If you search under the podcast section, search for Rough Drafts. You could subscribe on there, maybe even leave a little bit of a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps with all the algorithms on that end. Of course, you should also make sure that you're listening to all our podcasts on slingshotesports.com. That is where all of our Guest of the Lions content goes. Uh, they do so many great things across a whole bunch of different esports, uh, including some Counter-Strike Go stuff. I'm going to be doing interviews at the E-League starting tomorrow, so you'll start seeing some of those posted on Friday, Saturday, and all throughout the next couple of weeks as I continue to follow that tournament. And even if you're not into Counter-Strike, they have things for Dota, they have things for Smash, Basically, if it's an eSport, someone at Slingshot is covering it and likely doing some great interviews or articles along the way. Uh, you can also totally follow us on social media. I am at King on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? Yeah, you guys can find me at CADs underscore LOL. And for all you European listeners, I did have my toast this morning. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that they didn't take your specific toaster. See, it was actually a bagel, but, you know, uh, joke. It was a bagel. It was a very good blueberry bagel with cream cheese. So if you ever meet me and I want breakfast, there you go. That's my breakfast order, bagel with cream cheese. True New Yorker right here. My official goal for the podcast is for someone to see you at a convention and buy you a bagel. That's now my official goal. I uh, I would love to see it. But if you guys would like to see some live tweets, you should follow us at Rough Draft Spot. That's where we do all of that stuff. And be sure to come back next week. Wednesday is our Guest Alliance for Europe. Thursday, Guest Alliance for North America. As always, we'll have so many games to break down. Cannot wait to see how it all shakes out. And until then, goodbye, Internet. <laughs>